0: Amen. Right, um, today I'm going to be ministering on um, I'm going to be ministering on wisdom in hard times. You know, many times we, we, we might be going through a hard time and we don't know what to do, how to deal with it. And most of the time, the hard times that we go through, um, there's not actually a lot of scripture in the bible that deals with our hard times because most of the scripture in the bible deals with the hard times of being persecuted for the gospel's sake you know so uh, you know it's like okay what verses what verse am i going to use to deal with my hard time it's almost as as if you know if you look at the bible and you look at the hard times people were going through i mean these people were killed for believing in grace and now we struggle with our hard time because I struggle to pay the rent, you know it's, it's, it's almost as if uh, their hard times and our hard times got nothing to do with each other yet the Bible does deal um, in where, where Jesus talk, talked about our hard times and what we worry about and that is in Matthew 6 and I'm just quickly going to read this um, It says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. But first seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So what he says here is very clear. He says, and and this is basically where most of our hard times come from. We, we, 90% of the time it is how are we going to pay our things? You know, how are we going to invest our money? And how are we going to deal with the everyday situation in this life? And we also have family issues and, and things like that. But look at what Jesus says here. He says, Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or wherewith, wherewith shall we be clothed? For after these things the Gentile seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things now he gives a wonderful principle in how we receive from God he says but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these things shall be added unto you so what he's basically saying here is he giving, he's giving us a wonderful key in how to live in this world in this world he does not give us a key uh, the key is not to pursue riches riches not that he says, it shall not be given. Neither is the key, uh, if I look at family life, for me to pursue a happy family. These are things that will be added unto us. Now, there's, a, there's a big difference between pursuing something and having something being added unto you. Uh, I, I spoke to a, um, to a guy that likes cycling a lot and he said... He, he said and I also saw the very same thing on the internet he said the harder he trained the less successful he was but when he just did what came naturally and enjoyed what he did and went to a race with rest and peace in his heart he did very well it even works like this in normal life in sport now in sports you know you need a train to get somewhere (laughs) you know otherwise you're going to go nowhere So everything, the way God designed for man to function is from a platform of rest where stuff and things in this world will be added to us, not for us to pursue it. What we pursue is the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, and if we talk about kingdom of God, what we look for is how his kingdom functions. Because if you understand how the kingdom of God functions, then you know how, or function, then you know how you function. And you know what is the easy, effortless life wherein God bring, brings things your way. You know, yesterday I did a, um, a wedding and I spoke to a lady that I've known for many years. And... I remember counselling her uh, time upon time you know uh, in the area of her job she was just going through such a hard time in her job and her her life was falling apart because God you know why aren't you changing my boss you know because the boss was really not a good boss and um, now it's years later and I said to her so how's that the job she says you know my boss completely changed but while she was going through the hard time she was tempted to think that God isn't doing anything for her and she was pursuing the change of her boss. Where where that was added unto her effortlessly. She She couldn't do anything to change her boss. At all. And all she did eventually was just know God loves me, have a love relationship with God, know the gospel is true, and then find that this was added unto her. You know, if she had to do 20 things and jump through 20 hoops to get her boss to change, she will have to jump through those hoops for the rest of her life to keep her boss changed. But if God comes and brings something towards her boss that brings forth the change, an, then the change has been added to her life effortlessly. So, <clears throat> when we are pursuing wisdom in this world, we must realize the wisest thing that you can ever do Is not to pursue the change. It sounds wrong, but it's the way it is. I found in my life when I pursued a big ministry, I couldn't get it. I couldn't. When I wanted to make an impact all over the world, you know, and speak to church leaders and uh, uh, preach to the masses, I couldn't get it right. And what I got right was with great effort, great difficulty. But when the time came that I was just studying the gospel and knowing how much God loves me, there was so much passion in my heart and in sharing what is good and what people really need, that this was added. It was just added unto me, effortlessly. And this works exactly the same in business, in family life, in everything of your life. That principle works. And this is the principle of being loved by God to the point that peace rises in your heart. And once peace rises in your heart, you start to think straight. And then you know what to do every day. You know how to treat your wife, you know how to treat your child, because you've got peace in your heart. You know, um, let's take uh, uh, kids for instance. You know, you might, where well, you would normally stress, be stressed out concerning a bad mark, you know, on the report, You would think, oh my goodness, this is the end of my child's life, you know, because he got 65. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I remember in my days, we got 65. Glory to God, man. <laughs> it's like, hallelujah. You know. Well, anyway, so uh, I mean, it was like because you know these days, especially in South Africa, you need to get so such high marks to get into university to om um, een te kan and all these kind of things. It's not easy. And now you think, oh my goodness, what if my child cannot go and study what he wants to go and study? But once the gospel has settled in your heart, you will have a natural belief that. God knows every need that I have and every need that my child will ever have. So that is already taken care of. And then you find that in that situation, when you see the 35 or the 45 on, uh, on, the, on, on the report, you find a peace and a wisdom from where you can speak and advise. That really helps. You know, um, I want to in, in, next Sunday, or you know, in the next s- services, I want to talk about the supernatural. You know, science wonders miracles and um, you know prophetic words and and healings and all those kind of things, but we first need to lay this foundation because for so many years we found our especially in the charismatic Pentecostal world we found our identity in miracles our identity in our prosperity financial prosperity and all those kind of things and God gives us those things He gives us those things you know the Bible says there are those that think that gain is godliness talking about money in Timothy thinking that financial gain is godliness meaning if I'm blessed financially it means God has blessed me the Bible says turn away from such people and he was talking about preachers he says don't listen to them they are like wolves in sheep clothing that's what they are don't have them close to you he says but contentment you know with godliness is great gain. And that word gain there is the same Greek word as the financial gain that is just used. So what he's saying, he's not saying that you cannot have gain. But he's saying that those that want to be rich, in other words, those who chase after money, what they have to give as a prize is their peace. What they have to give up is what Jesus died for. Because you've got to lay down all the peace, all the things that will just be added naturally for pursuing something, running after something. Where God says, contentment, which is only a fruit that can come by revelation of God's unconditional love, and godliness, knowing who you are in Christ, that brings great gain. It's added to you it's added to you so we are not saying you cannot have healing you cannot have prosperity you can't have those things we want to I want to teach on how we can have those things and that it's our right as a Christian that we can have healing that we can have prosperity that we can have you know good things in this life yet the problem was it was always uh, preached as the prize for my great faith and what we try to do is we want I remember when I was in Bible school they said you must first lose something before you can have something yeah. then I was thinking well I'll, I'll lose this quickly for a week that I can have what I really want so you never you, you never get and, and to a certain degree what they say um, if you look at it from the outside you find like with me when I was so flooded with how much God loves me that I didn't care anymore about the big ministry I found the ministry was growing but the key is not to try and get rid of your dream the key is to be flooded with how much God loves you the key is to be flooded with his care for you and from there you find a natural peaceful life you know what I said I said to the Lord I said I'm not willing to let go of the peace you've given me for the spreading of the gospel of peace let me say that again. I'm not willing to let go of the peace God has given me to spread the gospel of peace. Because what will I spread? A frustrated person spreading peace. Uh, how does that work? <laughs> now the Bible says the wisdom that comes from above is first peaceable. So if you are in a situation where you need wisdom the first thing you need to find if you don't know how to do the next business deal if you don't know how to treat your child or anything you first need to come to a place where you ha- where you are in harmony with God where you find His word about your life that doesn't matter how- what you possess doesn't matter if your child ever makes a success in his life or not doesn't matter if your child is going to stay in your house with you for the rest of your life it doesn't matter when you come to a place where what he says about who you are or if your mom's going to stay with you in your house forever Um, where you find peace in the fact that you know I am fully in union with God now the only way that can happen is not for you to decide to have that peace. It is a fruit of listening to the unconditional love of God, and as you listen to it, you find that peace. It's like a, you know, uh, Andre said to me a while back. He said, "You know, I, I find I'm a bit stressed because I don't stress." <laughs> You know, it's like when you get into the gospel, you get to a place where you look at things that you, you would normally stress, but you're not stressed out because the gospel brought so much peace. And now you're actually stressing because you're not stressing because if I don't stress, how's this going to come through? Because we're so used to stress brings the thing through because stress puts you in action. Now, God's kingdom works the other way around rest puts you in action. Rest puts you in action. You know so I'm training now to go uh, and cycle the, the burger you know so now I'm going to use some cycling examples <laughs> you know what they say they say when you cycle the more relaxed you are the less energy you use and the faster you go that's just the way it is especially if the wind is from behind <laughs> <laughs> now yesterday I was I, I cycled from Malmesbury to, um, to uh, 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 Durbanville so I thought, man, I, I'm really getting strong. I was with my mountain bike doing like 42 on a, on a flat piece of road. I was thinking, man, my training program works. And when I turned around, I realized the wind was from behind. <laughs> you know, once, <laughs> once the wind is from behind, you find you strong. And that's exactly, that's, and to me that's such a wonderful thing, talking about the Kingdom of God. God has come, the Holy Spirit is God's wind. You know, pushing us from behind. And the Holy Spirit is God reminding you of everything you have freely received in Christ. You don't need anything to have peace. His peace is given as a free gift. I am fully accepted by God. You are fully accepted by God. When we get that in our mind, we find that that peace gives us wisdom. The Bible says the wisdom that's from above is first peaceable it's first peaceable right um, let's get into James chapter 1 it says uh, James 1 verse 1 it says James the servant of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad greetings my brethren count it all joy when you fall into different temptations or testings of your faith knowing this that the testing of your faith or the proving of your faith the fruit of true faith um, endures works patience he says, count it all joy when you fall into different temptations. Now we've always thought, you know, when I'm tempted to eat that chocolate cake, then I must now count the joy because God is bringing forth this testing over my path to purify my faith. <laughs> That's not what it, sa- it says there. The context here was being persecuted for the gospel. And this is what it says. It says, listen, you don't have to be afraid when, you, when they threaten you. No, we're going to persecute you. We're going um, to excommunicate you from the synagogue. We're, gonna, we're not going to do business with you anymore. This is what they were threatening these Jews with. And then, this is what he said. He says, listen, count the joy when you hear those things because this is one of the attributes faith has. When it starts to happen to you, you find a gift coming forth in you called endurance. Um, and let me put it this way. When I look back at the time when Elena and I started out in ministry, we had faith. You know? We just believed this good news, this message of grace. We were preaching the gospel. And now when we look back, I think I've mentioned here before, we look back at where we stayed and what we drove. We realized we were poor. But when we were there, we never knew we were poor. Because faith brings forth patience. So we don't have to sit with this thing in our mind, oh my goodness, what is going to happen if this wrong, that, this, this thing that threatens me? What if I lose this contract? What if, you know, the business I have closes down? Or the, the people that I work for close down? You know? What then? I'm, I'm going to be in such a... Listen, if you have faith, persuasion that God loves you, when that happens you will find an attribute which is called endurance or patience that's all and then the bible says and as you continue in that patience you'll come to a place where you lack nothing i've seen it in my own life i've seen it in the life lives of so many people when we walk in a persuasion of the finished work of jesus christ it is not just some theoretical truth It's something that can be real in everyday life, where we can say, God, thank you for the finished work of Jesus. Thank you for how much you love me, how you care for me. The truth is, I am righteous. The truth is that if I do business or don't do business, if I do well or not well in the world's eyes, doesn't matter what matters is your view about my life and when you are in my life you give me true peace you give me true joy righteousness is mine and I have got the right to be justified and last night I listened to one of my messages on uh, justification and what it means to be justified is to be treated according to your righteousness we all have a right to peace so if you've got a right to peace, and the Bible says by faith we are justified, and we are persuaded of this right, we find that by the resurrection power of Jesus, He brings forth that peace supernaturally. Peace cannot be faked. It's something that comes from God. Right, James 1, let's read on. It says, Count the joy when you, when you see all these things. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into different temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith now uh, it actually means the purity of your faith brings forth patience but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect entire wanting nothing and any, if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and abradeth not and it shall be given to him and this is the verse that I really had in mind for today and for those of you that watch via the internet, people that are here today that has just gotten into the grace message, I found uh, people say, you know, I got into the grace message and now some things went wrong in my life. This went wrong, that went wrong. I've, I know God me so much but now why isn't this happening why why is my child sick Uh, maybe so one of you lost a job why have I lost my job and now you need wisdom from God and you're actually tempted to go back to the old system and you start to question what you believe and I want to just say this all of us has all our lives been going through difficult times when you were under the law you were going through hard times I promise you and now that you're in grace, the same hard time is maybe just continuing or you're still living in the same world, the same fallen world and now what happens is when you were under the law you questioned your work you said oh man I must have not prayed enough I must have not tithed enough or this or that you never questioned the system what you believed, you questioned your work now that you are in grace and it's not about your work, what will you now question? What you believe? And that's where the temptation comes in. And this is what I want to talk about. You know, if you come to this church, or if you're online listening to the grace message, and now that you are in the grace message, maybe your child was rebellious for many years. And now you're in grace, now you think the child must change in a day. And now the child has not changed. Now you think... What I believe must be wrong. When the child hasn't changed, when you were under the law, you were thinking maybe I'm not interceding enough for the child. But now you know it's not about your intercession, it's not about all those kind of things. So, what must I question? It must be this new grace teaching. And you want to fall away from the truth. True wisdom, the Bible says, l- l- listen to this. If you need wisdom, ask of God that will give to all men freely and abradeth not Afrikaans say wat nie if you need wisdom ask it of God maybe you're going through a hard time you don't know why you don't know how the context of James was persecution they were persecuted for the gospel and they needed wisdom in how to handle the situation and this is what James wrote he says ask God for wisdom but know this, you will get it for free and he's not going to, in the Greek it says there, take account of the past. Now, in the context of James there, taking account of the past is using the old law to advise you. Because what happened to the, the, to the Jews here, they were persecuted and then they said no. God told us to go back to Judaism. And now James comes and he says, listen, no, 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 no. If you want wisdom from God, you know, ask God and He, whatever He gives you will always be free. So you can't go back to a system where you need to work to get. Plus, He's never going to take account of the past. So if you are in financial trouble, God, ask God for wisdom, knowing this, He's never going to go back to Malachi 3 on the tithe to give you advice on how to get out of your financial stress he abraideth not he takes no account of the past he's not going back to legalism to get you out of your trouble as if grace works but when trouble hits we go back to what really works which is the law to get you out of this no, no, no he's not going to take account of the past He says just stay in faith. In other words, stay in faith doesn't mean try and concentrate harder. Stay in faith means stay in the persuasion that He paid for you, that you are fully qualified, that you are seated with Him, that nothing can separate you from the love of God, neither height, depth, angel or demon nothing can separate you from the agape of God. He's demonstrated his agape towards you while you were a sinner and it's never going to change for he is love. Like I said one Sunday, as this pulpit is wood, if I touch it and I feel happy and I've just given somebody a thousand rand, and I come here and I touch this pulpit, I will get the, the, the sensation, the feeling of wood. And if I've just beaten somebody up and I come here and I touch this all this pulpit can give me is the feeling of wood because it is wood God is love doesn't matter what you do when you get in the presence of love all you can experience is love that's who He is okay so stay in faith stay in that persuasion and when you want an answer seek your answer to and have your mind open that the answer will come from the grace perspective the whole concept of what christ has done seeing that wonderful love having that influence your heart so that who he is can be born in you by his resurrection power and not your effort so When I go through a difficult time or I don't know how to deal with things, this is what I do. I pray expecting a grace answer. That's what he's basically saying to the people there. God's never going to tell you to go back to the old system. That is not the answer. That's the problem and most of the times the problems we live with and the fears we live with is still some residue of the old system the worst thing ever would be to go back to the old system we embrace the new Amen God has come to give us a victory that is for all people what I mean by that is the guy in the Zambia bush is in victory and the guy in Houghton is in victory because victory is determined by who he is right let's read a bit on But let him ask in faith, not wavering. Let him ask in a full persuasion of what Christ has done, not wavering. For he that wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven with winds and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in his exaltation, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away now. That sounds like such a hard, harsh verse, but it is so full of beauty. <laughs> Let me explain. This is what he says He says, Listen, if you need wisdom, and I remember these, these, these Jews, they loved money. That's the, really the context. The context is people that liked money and the jewish people loved money so much and now they were excommunicated their businesses closed they were threatened with uh, th- taking away of everything that they saw as god's blessing in their life the jews measured blessing by money that's what they did according to Deuteronomy 28 and here he comes and he says to them listen they're going to they're threatening of taking your stuff and you're going to go through these hard times don't worry you, you the, the true persuasion of what Christ has done has got an attribute that when that happens you'll have strength it will not be difficult for you when I it's like I was cycling yesterday I was thinking I can't get my wife to cycle with me I don't know why <coughs> I can't get her to cycle with me and then I realized I got the revelation on the bicycle yesterday it's because there's no cyclist in her that is the thing that is the thing. If there, if, if there was a cyclist in her, I could activate it. But there's no cyclist in her. Do you know? Uh, there she is. We want to. There's a chocoholic there. So I know how to make her feel good. You know? Buy a chocolate. So and that's the whole thing you know. so many times when we realize that when we have the true faith in us endurance and perseverance is already in us and when a hard time comes that is activated and like it is not an effort for somebody that likes swimming to swim that's how it's not an effort for somebody who's persuaded of God's love when a hard time comes he doesn't even see it when he looks back He says, I was going through a hard time. When I look at my Poch days, Douglas days, I I, I think, you know, man, that was hell on earth. But when I was there, I was just happy because God's good. And now, I'm just happy because God's good. Maybe I look back ten years from now and then I was suffering today. I don't know. You know, we'll see. (laughs) But it doesn't feel like suffering. Because there's a perspective of a God that provides, a God that cares, because there's nothing that can disqualify me. But when I was under the law, I was always seeking what disqualifies me. It was a wretched life. It was a life of if something goes wrong, what's wrong with me? And why does it go better? And if it goes better, why doesn't it go really better? Always investigating your own life. And here he says, you know, if you need wisdom, ask of God. And then this is what he says, but don't be double-minded. What is double-minded? And these Jews were double-minded. They still believed that the world system can define you. And they also believed in grace. So what they wanted God to do is to activate this world system to prove their acceptance and who they are. He says don't be double-minded because if you're double-minded you'll be unstable in all your ways and the true context of James was these people went back to circumcising their kids back to the whole uh, Jewish system because they believed God told them to go back you know That's that's the context of this so if you need wisdom this is how you get wisdom from God you say God I'm not going back to the old way That's the first thing you establish. Full persuasion of the finished work, and I'm not going back to that old system. Thank you for speaking to me. I know that my advice and what I will need to do on how to handle this will come freely without you taking account of the old law and that's how you will work in my heart because if you're double-minded and this is is what it says in um, and let me just read it quickly in Matthew and I'm going to end off with this Um, it says in verse 22 the light of the body is the eye if therefore your eye is single the whole body will be full of light But if your eye be evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that's in you be darkness, how great is that darkness. Then he goes on, listen to this. No man can serve two masters, for either will he hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. How does Jesus Christ conclude Revelation and finances. How does he conclude? put it together? Why? Why? Because the Jews believed that money defines you. Deuteronomy 28 said, If you obey all these commandments, then these blessings shall come upon you then they tried and pursued these blessings because they want to be the blessed of God they want to be part of the reign of the Messiah because they believed the richer you were in this world the greater place you'll have in the reign of the Messiah because your riches was the proof of God's acceptance and that washed over into the Gentile world and we got a hold of that system we don't know why we're chasing these things but we're chasing these things and what he was saying there is listen you know, if your eye is single, now let me explain that. The word, let not even go into the Greek, but single. You just see one thing. Then your whole body, your life, will be full of light. If you only see one thing, Jesus. Not Jesus and. Not Jesus and my contribution. Not Jesus died for me and I need to do this. Then God will. No, no, no. If you only see what He's done and say, that included me. If you only see that, your whole life will be full of light. But if your eye be evil, the word evil there in the Greek means full of labor. If the revelation you have is a works-orientated uh, revelation, your whole Body will be full of darkness, and if the revelation that you have is a works revelation, the Bible says, How dark will your life not be? And He connects that to money, He connects it to money. He says, You cannot serve God and money. You want God to say you are approved, but you want the money God to say you are approved. Listen, you are approved already that's it and now he says he goes on he doesn't say we cannot have money he says it shall be added to you it's not a problem the money is not a problem God will add it to you the thing you need in this life I'm now using money because the scriptures most of the time relate to money but we can call it a family thing marriage whatever it is you know that you need advice in our wisdom is not going to come from an evil eye our wisdom is going to come from being single-minded. You must be single-minded and narrow-minded. Some people say, you are just narrow-minded. Hallelujah! (laughs) I always try to be narrow-minded. He loves me, He qualified me, and He gave His Son for free. How much more shall He not give us all things? So now I rest. What did I do for him to give his son to me? Nothing. So why must I now activate him to give me anything else? The way he gave his son is the way everything else comes. What motivated him to give his son was me. Not what I do, me. Who you are motivates God. And he even works desires in your heart. Glory to God And that desire, you just say, It's okay, God. And then you rest. He brings it forth. Hallelujah. And that is how, that is the pathway of wisdom. The Bible says, Jesus Christ became the wisdom of God for us. So if you need wisdom in how to run your business successful, Jesus Christ is that wisdom. What does Jesus Christ say? Jesus spells your full union with the Father. Jesus spells God's belief about you. That's what it is. So when we apply that wisdom, like I said before the service, what's true there is not true just for the world, but I want to, it must be made personal. It's true about me. I have been set free from the power of the flesh I have been set free from guilt, condemnation and obligation I, Bertie, have been made one with the almighty God There is, you know, when when you think of one It is not two (laughs) It is one He He says there, he says, Father keep them in your name that they can be one as we are one. So when we are in that name, in that same belief, we are one with God and one with each other. Why? Because we believe the same thing. You know, just something quickly on union and for people watching via the web. You know, we always want to get 20,000 people in the stadium together trying to get union or unity. The only unity that exists is in God that's the only unity there is and the only way we can be one with each other is if we believe the same thing and you come together and say no no we are just coming together we don't worry about doctrine we're just coming together and we're just here in unity rubbish rubbish how is a guy that believes you know, that the, the, the devil is, is over his house, the devil is in his refrigerator, the devil is in his car, you know, because he does something wrong. And somebody that believes he can never be cursed, ever going to walk in unity unless either one of the two gives up his faith. The only unity there is, is when we believe the same thing so when we are one with God and we we get into the wisdom of God believing what he believes we find that the right emotion the right thought starts to guide our life and what to do in everyday life hallelujah I want to tell you when you get to a place in your life let's talk about finances that's what Jesus talked about there he says there Um, he says first seek the kingdom of God his kingdom is in righteousness peace and joy first seek how righteous you are first seek how much peace there is between you and him first seek how happy God is because of the finished work of Jesus Christ and you'll find these things added unto you You'll find a natural way of doing business. You'll find a desire to go and maybe apply for another job, study something, whatever. God can guide every person in His own way, you know. But you will find these things be added unto you, and you'll come to a place, you know. If I must say, my heart, how I feel. I don't think it's impossible to become a multi-millionaire. For me, I don't think it's impossible. It's very possible. It's very possible. If I want it, I can have it. But the thing is, do you want it? You know, what I've realized in my life is when you really get to the peace of the gospel and somebody offers you something you've always chased under the old system, you wonder if you want it. Really, Because I, I already have peace. It's like if you've just eaten a big steak. Okay, you are now satisfied. And now people offer you the nicest steak. You can now have it if you want it. So it's not hunger telling you anymore what you want. Because you're satisfied. And I want to say this. You don't know what you want until you are first satisfied with how much God loves you. Well, let me put it this way you don't know what you want until his love has satisfied you you don't know what you want it's what the world tells and the advertising campaigns that you forms your desire and your wants and then we want to use the name of Jesus trying to get God involved in the advertising campaign to have my identity from this big billboard and what they think is the best phone for me to have it's crazy it's crazy But once love has satisfied your heart, then you really know what you want. (coughs) I mean, I've I've had many people come to me and say, Bertie, I want to write you a book. I want to do this. I want to do that. And whatever. And some of them I said, okay. Others I said, no. I I don't want that now. But somebody will write you a book and and they'll pay for it. That's okay. But I, I don't think I want that book now. But you know, Beth, you can sell that book. And you know, you've got a lot of, it. you've got 5,000 friends on Facebook. You'll quickly sell two or 3,000 books. You know what that means? That means you're going to have more money. But the person of God, in His person, all my needs are already met. So now, must I now do this if I don't feel I want to? Now that might sound like an ungrateful life. But I want to tell you, that is the life of peace, man. That's a true life of peace. And in that situation, you can have wisdom on what to do. And you know what I look? I look at books, for instance. I see a guy brings out a book. And then, eight months later, a revised version. And then a new title explaining the revised version. And then people buy the thing every time. And he writes all the time, correcting all the stuff he wrote in the first book. I can't live like that so I want to just say this God has come to give us wisdom if you need wisdom if you go through a hard time where your faith is attacked in other words where it says you is this good news really the truth you know if you need advice on how to deal with any situation don't be double minded don't think okay maybe there is an answer in the old system that double-mindedness, the Bible says, makes you unstable and the answer you get if you're double-minded, don't think it comes from God. That's what the Bible says. If you double-minded and you get an answer, it wasn't from God. I don't say it wasn't supernatural. It might be supernatural, you know. This person came and that confirmation with this scripture. No, I don't doubt the, the miracle behind it all I'm saying is the source of the miracle is not God it's not God that gave you the answer the true answer is in in that single mindedness knowing grace talking about grace I'm going to find my answer by seeing who he is him influencing my heart from a place of being satisfied in who he is You know, I I remember years ago and let me end off now, really end off I remember years ago they said you should never be satisfied with where you are spiritually you should never be satisfied with your ministry the way it is that's not good you must always have discontentment you must always feel it must grow never be happy with where you are now that means you're never gonna be happy if you're never happy with where you are, when are you now going to be happy? When you die one day. <laughs> That's the only time you're going to be happy now, we can go to heaven. Now if you're not happy with where you stay, if you're not happy with what you drive, if you're not happy with the car you have, with the, uh, the performance of your kids, with your business where it is, you are unhappy doesn't matter where you go. And then you want to persuade other people to be like you. No, there's enough trouble in the world already. We don't need that. We just need to come to a place where you find, I'm happy. I'm happy with the ministry the way it is. I'm happy with everything. I'm happy with my income. I'm happy with my wife. I'm happy with my kids. And the reason I find that joy there, the, the, the happiness there, is because there is a contentment that came from above. Now, I don't say God cannot work a desire in me, saying... You know, Bertie, you know, or or God works in our hearts. Man, I want that job over there. But that job that I want over there is not because I'm angry. It's because I feel that's what God wants for me. That is mine. And that is easy. That's the easy life. And I found that the best way to see the best platform from where you see all things added effortlessly unto you. It sounds like a contradiction. oh yeah now, the, I've already ended she's now speaking <laughs> through me <laughs> for those watching I said I should tell something you know uh, when I was in Douglas there was a guy there that's a perfectionist <clears throat> now the, I, I am a perfectionist but only in one area and that is in my doctrine of the gospel the rest I'm not okay so if you come to my house don't be shocked I'm just a normal guy a guy that's not a perfectionist so I had this I don't know if you remember the, the, the iMate phone that came out years ago that flipped open like no, it, I think it flipped open and then it was the first touch screen that came out HTC, it became HTC later and uh, this guy um, in, in, in the town of worked he's, he's this perfectionist computer guy and he, he's, he got one of those phones you know, and he's got a little pen you know and and then I was thinking oh God I also want one of those phones you know and then he said you will never oh yeah so, so then he said he, sa- he said no there's too much papers in your car God will never give you a phone like that <laughs> but if God wants to give me if I want one you know and it's just born from this contentment, just this love that there is between me and the Father he's not going to let a KFC, you know, paper, stop him. <laughs> so, I got one of them. And the guy says, well, I don't believe this. I said, look here, man, I got one. And it wasn't, I think it was two months later, I was a bit, is it s- s- absent mind or something. The thing fell out of the car and I drove over it. And so I was completely buggered, you know, just like finished. So I said to the guy, Ah, you know, I lost my phone. He says, Yeah, you see, God took the phone away. <laughs> and I said to him, Watch this. I'm going to have another one. And as I spoke to him, someone else entered the office. And she said, You know, I don't like this phone that I have. She says, Bertie do you want it? He said yes <laughs> while I'm standing there at his table I got another one I said to him you see he just shook his head and he still doesn't believe until today <laughs> you know and what, what, the whole thing is now we were cleaning the house and we found that phone it's now old broken thing finished you know the phone lost last two years it's finished and we got the phone and we look at it it's really an ugly thing back then it looked like an S4 now you know it was just an ugly thing and I would think for God to say I cannot reward you with this ugly phone (laughs) you know if you're not obedient enough doesn't make sense you know it's like looking at an an S4 10 years from now you think you, you saw that was God's blessing but what does God think of the thing it's just a piece of plastic it's just a nothing But we find a whole identity in that. You know, so let our wisdom not be uh, influenced by the wisdom of the world. Because Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God for us. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you that we can be here together. (coughs) Father, I especially want to pray for that person that you showed me. I don't know who it is, Lord, but that every now and then feels that they want to take their own life I just stretch forth my hands as the symbol of your hands of compassion that just reaches out and heals hearts compassionately embracing loving loving so much that you would even in a service like this say through someone else I know about you I'm with you Jesus I'm thinking of the verse in John where you said you will leave me and I will be alone yet I will not be alone because the Father will be with me he will be alone yet he will not be alone and I want to just say this word to you you might say I'm alone but God says you're not alone he's with you and he encourages you and he strengthens you and know his warm embrace towards you today he loves you dearly he loves you dearly I also feel just uh, a word of knowledge you know that um, especially towards children raising your kids you're just feeling so stressed out will my child ever ever make it will he ever be successful will he ever just have a normal life I just feel the Lord says, Sooner than what you think, sooner than what you think, have your joy in me and not in him. Thank you Father. Thank you Lord for healing hearts, caring for people. I declare every person here blessed in every area of their life, flooded with wisdom and knowledge in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen and Amen. 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 Make sure to order some of the CDs, those of you that want to give. I remind you of the giving in the back. Thank you so much. Let's have some coffee and fellowship together. Next Sunday we're going to have communion. Okay, God bless.